takeover. The break's over, nigga. God MC, me, J Ho. The takeover, this the hater makeover. If you got clicks with Slim, I suggest you stay sober. Takeover, yeah, the break's over. I'm the god of freestyle, bitch. I'm from the clover. Take motherfucker, that is where I say. What's up? What's up? Takeover podcast show. It's your boy Superstar P. Your boy Chef. OGPC. And we got another special guest in the house, a beautiful special guest. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello, everybody. My name is Kyra Coffee, and I'm glad to be on the show with you guys today. Already, already. Is it like pageant winning Kyra <laughs> Coffee? So tell, so tell yes. us about that. So I was your Miss Corporate America 2016, which is the only pageant, it's a national pageant, and it's the only pageant that highlights and celebrates women in business specifically. Oh, okay. So I won for Houston, and then I went on down to Orlando to compete nationally and came back with the title. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right, that so was my first pageant, probably be my last, but it was fun. We're going in one for one. <laughs> so, so we so we doing so we gonna do the what we call the one and done. Um, pretty much, uh, there it's a, it's a big investment, and there are just other things that I'd rather just invest my time and finances into. And I like that pageant. Um, it allowed me to be myself, which I got a good response. People will look at me and be like, I wouldn't think that you were. A pageant winner, but I was, and I'm. I like that I wasn't. That I did not have the sugar coat, or I mean, you know, you have to wear certain crowns and certain, you know, personas in certain environments. But I didn't have to sugar coat or change myself to fit a certain agenda behind the pageant, which other pageants sometimes you do. So, so what, what made you even do it? A friend of mine from high school and college competed for 2015, and she won. And I just saw her growth. Um, personally and professionally throughout the year that she reigned and it really encouraged me to go out for it and I won it and I had a great year last year um, wearing the crown and just reaching out to other women in business and encouraging them in whatever industry or whatever position they were in so that was very encouraging and it felt great to give back and so now I'm just on to the next journey Alright, well congratulations Thank you, thank you Congratulations, I think you should just keep, <laughs> keep racking them up But you're like, look, I'm good we'll I'm see, going we'll to other see. things, you know what I'm yeah. saying but that, That'll work So tell us about, you know, what do you do? So I'm an attorney based here in Houston, Texas I work for a company as their associate counsel Meaning I cover everything from contracts to HR issues Government compliance, things like that but my baby right now, um, I have a law firm with three other ladies, three other black ladies, um, called Ace Law Group. The, it's an acronym for all of our last names, Anderson, Coffee, Curry, and Egwatu. We've been, in, we've been open for um, practice now for a little over a year, and we're a general practice. We cover everything from civil to entertainment to um, criminal personal injury, everything in between. So it's, everyone has a niche that they can cover for you if you have a legal need. Okay, so um, you grew up here in Houston? Uh, no, I did not. I'm originally from Chicago, Illinois. I moved here about seven years ago for law school. Okay. And I've been here ever since. Yeah, I love home, I love home now. Don't get me wrong, I love Chicago. It's no place like Texas. It's no place like home. But this is home for you now. Yeah, it is. Texas is it home. Is. It is. It is. It has um, a lot of great poten- great opportunities here. So it's not as cold down here as it is up there in Chicago. That's exactly <laughs> part of the reason why I'm not going back home. I'm spoiled now by the winters. 
So about what age did you decide that, you know what, I'm going to be a lawyer and I'm going to practice law? So in undergrad at DePaul in Chicago, I studied sociology mm-hmm. and marketing. Um, my focus originally was marketing and sociology was just a minor, but I enjoyed just the study of law and society and just socioeconomic issues and things like that that I flipped it to. And when I graduated, it was like, okay, am I going to go get my MBA or go to law school? And I figured I can do everything with a law degree plus more versus having an MBA. So I guess it was when I graduated college that I decided, okay, I'm going to go go this legal route. Cool, cool. Yep. You know, it's like the ultimate hustle degree. It's oh, <laughs> how I look at it. You can always, you know, crack something out. But, but yeah, I enjoy it. It has ups and downs, so. <laughs> Oh, I thought you. But but anyway, so who are some of the um, some of the clients like you know that you have to represent? Okay, um, I worked with Rosewood Thieves a little bit. I worked uh-huh. with the boy Illinois. He's back in Chicago. Um, I'm actually possibly maybe working with ESG. I've met with him and some of his team. Uh, okay. So there are some agreements that I think that he needs to get in place. So we're working on making that connection. Um, who else? I work with a couple of DJs here in Houston. Um, a lot of event planners for different entertainment events um, and things like that. And a lot more so of like just speaking engagements and getting out information to up and coming artists. I think that it's critical that they're just more informed and knowledgeable about the business of their industry. So that's kind of where I'm at right now. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Do the majority of the artists that you work with, like, I feel like, especially if you get some people on the up and coming, like, they don't know pretty much, like, anything of the business side. Like, no. do you, do you, like, do you no. have to just take it just from scratch and just be like, hey, oh, this is what we need to do? Or do you get people in that, you know, have some kind of knowledge of anything? Or is the majority just from scratch? Very few have any type of knowledge. Um, if they do it, maybe someone on their team mm-hmm. that may see a need and will reach out to me and bring me on. Um, but very few artists understand the business of their industry and of their craft. And that's kind of what where my passion or what brings me into wanting to serve music artists. I have no musical talent. <laughs> I wish I could, I wish I knew how to sing, but no, that's that's not me. But just um, and seeing that so many artists get screwed over. Um, with regards to agreements or contracts they think oh we had a conversation it's all good or I know this person or you know well on this past deal they did me good so they're going to do it good again I'm like no that's not that's not how it works so a lot of them do need a lot of you know just help in holding hand and carrying through, carrying them through different transactions and collaborations and things like that so you, you meet a like a brand new artist what's some of the things that you tell them like this is what you need to do. This is what you need to have in place. Mm-hmm. If you have a feature, this is what you need. So, I mean... Well, this- let's go back to the very basics. So, yeah, if you're starting a that. business, and your craft as an artist is a business. Right. So, if you're not going to go ahead and formally register as an LLC, then at least get a DBA, which is doing business as name. So, if someone's writing a check to you or something like that, you have registered this name or this entity to you. And then someone protects the name so that someone else doesn't go out and copy the same name. Now, it's better to register it, but if you don't have the finances to do that, at least get a DBA at the bare minimum. Now, with that, also go open a bank account. 
because you want to make sure that for tax purposes, you can at least track some type of way the money that you're bringing in and the revenue that you're bringing in through your business. Um, so once you've done those basic things, um, you want to make sure if you're working with the group, have a group agreement because let's say somebody walks away and leaves the group. Then do, are they able to take the equipment? Are they able to take the music? Are they able to take the name? Those are certain things that you would have already established in a group agreement. If you're working with other artists, have a, a collaboration agreement, um, a management agreement. Just whoever you're working with. I know for artists, they're like, oh, it's such a headache. You know, it's all good. Nobody cares about the paperwork. Well, you care about it once you get screwed over. And by that time, it's too late. So my role as an attorney is to protect artists, I feel like. And for me to foresee the things and the risk and the liabilities that you may not necessarily see. So... It's sometimes hard trying to get that through to artists, um, but I try as best I can just to help them understand and see it as a business and to see that what I'm trying to do is protect you in the long run. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> That, that's, a, that's a lot. I know. And that's kind of the same like response I get from them. But I say, okay, let's start with like that. Let's take baby steps. Uh -huh. That's kind of big picture. But let's take baby steps. Where are you right now? Who are you working with right now? And you tell me, you know what I'm saying, who it is you're working with or what it is you're doing, what projects you're collaborating on. And then my job is to go and say, okay, these are the things you need and this is what I'm going to get you. And this is what protections that you'll have based on these different agreements. So it's a, it's a lot, but my job is to break it down and just make sure that you're protected on all ends. Man, because it's all just like you think about, like, I don't even think artists just think about those integral parts, like equipment and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not, you know, who's thinking about, it? like, oh, we in a group, you get the mics. Like, who, no one thinks about right. this, but like, you need somebody on your team to let you know about these things that go on in the industry because no one thinks about stuff until they get screwed exactly. over. <laughs> exactly. Then that's when they come out. Exactly. So I, I know your days have to be like really long doing what you do. They are. <laughs> <laughs> they are um, but, you know, it's all worth it in the long run. Right now, I'm still working for the company full-time. I have the law firm that I'm working on, and I have um, other clients that I'm servicing, whether directly through the law firm or through um, just other projects here and there that I try to help out with. So, I mean, it's long, but it's rewarding. And, I mean, right now I'm in the grind phase, so it'll, it'll, all, it'll all be worth it. <laughs> so how, how competitive is that for especially being down here in Houston? It's very, well, let me say this. It's not so much competitive because there are not a lot of entertainment industries here in Houston. Right. Um, I think it gets overlooked as far as there not being a need for that here. But there are definitely artists here, and I think that that's, I think it goes hand in hand. I don't think the attorneys or business reps see that Houston is a thriving entertainment city. And so I think the artists, since they don't see that business side here, they feel like they don't need to protect themselves on that front. Um, so it's not so much as competitive as it is frustrating and trying to get clients or just music artists to understand the importance of covering themselves on certain fronts. That's more so where the headache comes in at. So not so competitive. But I mean, there are definitely some here, um, some entertainment um, in attorneys here that are very good, but not, not entirely a lot. Not at all. Not at all. So, I mean, there's room for growth. In that in that way, with regards to building a large client base here, but you have to get the clients to buy into the need for that service. 
That's what I was gonna say. I feel like do you get a lot of pushback? Cause some people they're gonna cause when you start telling them like you need to do this and it's like well, it's gonna be some kind of finance that's gonna be involved. And I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure people are like well I don't think I need that right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, there's a large pu- a large pushback. Um, a lot a lot of pushback from clients and getting them to understand the need for it. But as with any legal service, either you're gonna pay for it now. Or are you going to pay later? And I honestly don't like going to court because it's very adversarial. It's a headache. By then, the relationships are, our relationships are tarnished, and you're going to pay a lot more. So I consider myself the friendly lawyer in trying to get you to protect yourself and save relationships from the beginning. So that if something happens, it's already ironed out how it's going to be handled, and there's no need to go to court at a later time. Being proactive. <laughs> You know, trying to, trying to. Now, as a podcast, mm-hmm. what advice would you actually give us? You know, we don't earn any income, mm-hmm. at least not yet. But oh, let me get a pen and paper. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> for the free, like, for the free like, you, since you're here, I'm going to go ahead and get me a leg up. <laughs> Do you guys have your name protected? Now, that's all, that's all being in the works. Okay, okay. So, I would say definitely get your name protected. Uh-huh. And do you guys have a, an agreement amongst yourselves? Not written. But see? Mm-hmm. I'm David Ruff. I'm David Ruff, and that's all <laughs> right, I know. Right. Oh, nobody <laughs> come see you oldest behind out of here, man. Yeah, yeah. Come to see me, that's all I know. So, who's, who's paying for the microphones? That B.I. Okay. Who came and I have saved every receipt. Okay, okay, so that's good. Right. Um, just things like that. Just I was even though, even if it's a basic agreement, um, have something in writing. Um, if you guys were to break up, who can take the name? Obviously, you will take the equipment. Um, even just preparing for the future possibility of profit. Uh-huh. How would that be divided? Um, if there's been any other um, investment or capital put into it, how would you guys pay that out? If you take any losses, how do you distribute that? Um, so just those basic type of things. And even if they're not in place now, just planning for the future because you call things into existence as they are. So you're going to have profit. So let's address how that's oh, going to yeah. be handled right now. So just those just those kind of things. So she's saying if I have any trouble with you two, <laughs> I'm going to hire her and I'm getting all the money. Not if we hire her first. Yeah. Oh, oh. <laughs> Like, what is the uh, reoccurring issues you get the most from the artists? Like, they make this small mistake and it doesn't mean The most common? Um, so, it's definitely going to revolve around not having an agreement. Um, or collaborating with someone and them not thinking that the song is going to do anything and then the song pops off. Right. And now they yeah. want to come back and try to claim royalties or say, oh, well, I contributed this and I contributed that. Well, now that's a whole lot of headache, and let's say the song was created, because most times songs don't really pop out, pop off or come out until maybe a year or so, so later. So now you have to go back and wiggle through the, the paperwork or the composition sheets or, you know what I'm saying, just other, whatever type of evidence you can gather to say and support, okay, you, you contributed this part, you contributed that, okay, now let's negotiate on some type of royalty distribution but then that's always clouded because now there's actually dollar figures behind it. Whereas in the beginning, you're anticipating what the dollars would be. And it's a more generic, I guess, negotiation with regards to what percentages someone should have versus after the fact. So not having an agreement in place and a song hits and now you're trying to go back and claim royalties on it. Or putting a song out on the, putting a song out, let's say, on some type of media and you didn't really protect it or register it properly. And then someone goes and copies it and now 
you're crying foul, but the song isn't protected. So now you have to try to go back and claim. This is the thing I want people to understand when it comes to copyright. You can copyright something, but that does not stop someone from copying it. Right. Copyright only protects you to say when you go to court to say, hey, or if you write a demand letter to say, hey, you need to stop because I have the um, fair rights to the song and I did not give you, you know, the, the authority to copy it or use it. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't stop someone from actually copying it. It only gives you recourse if you need to recover damages, um, get money from them, or give them the, the demand to stop. So that's another one in telling people to make sure that their stuff and their works is registered properly. Even if you do the old man's copyright, or not the old man's, the poor man's copyright, <laughs> right, just mail it to yourself, like certified mail or something, and don't, don't open the envelope because then that shows a date on when that work was registered to you if you ever have to go to court for something like that. You guys help me stay uh, tax compliant because I know the IRS is another part of it. A lot of artists don't think about it. Right, and so that's why I mentioned opening your own bank account. Because that way, if you open your own bank account, then you can have some type of tracker record financially so that if when you go to your tax accountant or whoever handles your taxes, you have clear stream of what you brought through directly through your music. Um, in addition to that, if you register as an LLC and you have that separate business account for in the bank and you get sued, they can only attack your financial business income. They cannot attack your personal assets. But if you're just out here like, I am my business, they can attack everything that you have personally as well. And that's, that's, that's the importance of having a business structure for your entertainment, you know, music, artist, producer, whatever you do, having that set up and separate from you as a person. What's uh maybe not even just you what you dealt with, but uh, have you have heard any stories or anything? What's the craziest like contract you've seen someone sign? It's like, why did you do this? <laughs> like, like, <laughs> you know, you just look at it like, wow, did you read this? Like, are you heard anything from anybody else? Just one, I'm, it was very convoluted, so I'm trying to get it clear in my mind before I tell the story. It was for a producer collaboration for an artist. And so it was like two producers, the artist, and a music writer. But pretty much the producers were screwing the music writer and the artist out of like everything. And it was like a lot of contingencies if they were to get paid. And a lot, I mean, it's muddled through what a lot of writing and artists typically don't want to read it um is sometimes legalese which i think is i don't even like reading like just put plain language mm -hmm. <laughs> as to what something is um but pretty much it was just like the writer and the artist the same person who was singing on the album would have walked away with nothing and the producers would have taken everything um so that's the worst one that i've personally seen um i can't really think of any others off the top but I have gotten a good deal of clients who come to me beforehand, so I'm able to negate a lot of headache down the line as far as trying to clean something up after the fact. Um, but that's... I mean, you hear about it all the time, just people who put a song out there, or let's say you sell a song, and you sold the song for like $1,000, but then it goes and makes 100 times that in royalties. So I try to say, okay, let's... Let's anticipate what this song could possibly make, depending, and that's based on 
who who else is producing on the track, who's going to be featured on it, who's going to be pushing it so that you can anticipate what your royalties are. So let's say, okay, maybe you'll take you'll get paid 3000 on top and then you'll take a lower percentage in the future or let's flip it, you know what I'm saying? If you think it'll be more royalties, take less off top and then more royalties um, later down the line. So, but artists typically don't think about that. They're just like, oh, let me get the this track out there. Really right. They, you know, people like, all right, I know this is guaranteed. I'd rather just take this now other than on the back end. Right. You get more later if you, right. you set it up right. But right. they want that bag now. Nobody wants, nobody wants to wait. Yes, but it's about just negotiating and just understanding. I mean, everything is about risk and assessments. So you have to see, okay, this is going to pay out more later. Or and if not, get everything you can, <laughs> everything you can now. So, so I want to find out more about Kara the person. Kyra, Kyra. how you get it wrong? Yeah, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. <laughs> Ooh, Kyra. So close. So yeah, close. I'm no, I'm fine. just giving you a hard fine. time. I'm fine. Just giving yeah. you a hard time. So, so <laughs> what are some of the things you like to do on, on, on your off time? I love to travel. Um, last year, I think I took like. 13 something trips um, from Vegas mm. to Medellin, Colombia to Jamaica. Um, where else did I go? Wait, you said you went down to Colombia, huh? I did. Oh, wait, wait, wait. What, what are you doing down there now? Hey, hey. <laughs> Asking too many questions. <laughs> Ask the questions on the recorded line. <laughs> nah, I'm joking. I'm joking. I know that's what the cartel and all. But it was really a great time. My fr- um, one of my friends is half Colombian, and her dad was down there. So we went okay. down there um, and hung out for like a week, and I had a great time. I had a really good time. Cool. So you like to travel. You said 13 trips. Last made. year was 13 trips. Right. This year I've calmed down. Um, I have some focus my, my money elsewhere. <laughs> um, but So this year, let's see where have I traveled this year. I went to Toronto for a ski trip. MLK Ski Weekend was a great time. Um, I just got back from Essence last weekend. Okay. I went to let's see what else have I gone. This year I've been pretty low key. I feel like I took a trip that I'm spacing on. But um, but yeah, but this year has been supposed to be going to Puerto Rico soon. But I, I love to travel. I love to have fun. Um, whether like we I went go kart racing the other night. Um, just having fun. So you being from Chicago, have you been inbreded with the Houston culture? To what degree? <laughs> I mean, you listening to screw music. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. I was okay. listening to screw music before I came down here. Oh, all right. So um, that that's not an issue. I kind of, I guess, I introduced a little bit to screw music. Um, a guy that I was dating, he's from Houston, but also um, just like the slow slow jams with R. Kelly on um, screw music or Twist on screw, um, Do or Die on screw. So those type of artists, I already introduced me a little bit to uh, to screw music. And then I don't know. Other, some other music like pop my trunk randomly. Um, I, I was on the, I started dancing at DePaul back in college, and we actually like performed to that song. I don't know how I even got introduced to that song, but that was like my shit back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> Already. So but, who's some of your um some of your favorite artists you like to listen to? I love Chance the Rapper. <laughs> Okay. Then from Chicago, um, and just the stuff that he talks about, and just appreciating him as an artist and going beyond the music, mm-hmm. and you know, giving back to the community and things like that. Um, who else do I like? I'm sorry, I do like Kanye. It is what it is. Um, I like Ty Dolla Sign. One of my secrets I don't tell anybody. <laughs> 
everybody like, gonna know now. <laughs> <I'm good. laughs> I like Sai. Um, who else I like? I like Big Shine. Um, what's on my favorite Houston artists? I like Toby. And I cannot pronounce his last name. But he's an artist down here in Houston, and he has like Get, Get Twisted Sundays. He works a lot with um, DJ Reeks, and he's his like he'll remix some songs, and the things that he's saying, and his like ability to just drop some dope lyrics is really, really off the charts right now. Um, so I'm liking him a lot. Who else do I like? I am enjoying this 444 album by Jay Z. Um, just the things that he's talking about on there. Right. Who else do I like? I like a lot of R&B too Of course I like R. Kelly You know, you know It is what it is <laughs> Yeah um, but I mean, I have an appreciation For all type of music I love the oldies My mom was in radio For several years So the OJs And all that good stuff um, I appreciate that Earth, Wind & Fire Of course Shaka Khan um, too. I love gospel music So everything I just can't really rock too much With the heavy rock Or Um not too much country. No, no country. Uh, yeah, um, no every country. a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, just a little bit. But you, you better be, cause so I can't do none of it. I just, no. I just can't. I can't do it. No, <laughs> I mean you know like when they like the Zydeco clubs. I like I like Zydeco music. It's yeah. fine. But it sound good. It sound good. Exactly. Good, you know? Exactly. I mean, like I don't put it in the box. Like it sound good. Like I I, I rock with it. Exactly. exactly. I kind of box mine. We know this. Yeah, you need to box. Uh, <laughs> so, being from Chicago, are you a Bulls fan? Yes. Still? See, Red Bulls Nation. Still. Yes. <laughs> still. Yes. Still. yes. I don't care. Y'all, y'all remember Jimmy Butler. So, how did that make you feel? Watch Jimmy Butler walk out the door to Minnesota. You know what? The the person who left that hurt me the most, but I understood it from a business side. Rose. Yes. When D Rose left, I was like, <sighs> just because. I mean, he's from Chicago, and wait, 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 wait! Did he leave or did he get traded? He tra- he got traded. He got traded. But what I'm saying, uh, when he, like when. But 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 he still departed Chicago. Right, 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 right. exactly. Um, that one was like, uh, but I mean, I definitely understand it. Um, I wish him the best, uh, but I was just like, oh no. So then I became like a low key Knicks fan. <laughs> Oh man, you went from worst to worst. Yeah, I'll keep that on low. Hey, but well, let me okay, let me let me you not say this. No, I mean I'm over the rock. I'm so it's like this. I'm a Rockets fan when they aren't playing the Bulls. Okay, okay. I'm a Rockets fan when they're not playing the Bulls. I can rock with that. Yeah. That's how I feel. So I'm a you, Texas fan when they're not playing the Bears. So are you a Bears fan? She just <laughs> I beat you to it. I beat you to it. I'm a Texas fan when they're not playing the Bears. Oh, they suck. Hey, the Cubs suck and they just won the World Series. So, hey, to help you out, like uh, superstar P.O. here talking noise, like his team wasn't garbage a couple years ago. Like oh, the Raiders, don't act like y'all done had nah, y'all trash bag here. here. Go. Oh. <laughs> Burst that bubble. <laughs> Yeah, they done had some trash bag errors before. Yeah. <laughs> so. You're going to need her representation. Uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm still living some trash years with Jerry Jones. So, hey, I'm a, I'm a diehard cowboy, cowboy fan. fan so. But they have some um, pretty exciting things going on with the Rockets this year. So, yeah. as far as like some trade rumors and stuff like that going on. So, I'm interested to see how it's all going to shake yeah, out Chris in the Paul, end. So. Him, but then they were talking about... Um, uh, yeah, so Carmelo, Carmelo and somebody up. else, yeah, mm-hmm. coming down too. Right. So, but I don't know if you guys have enough trade pieces, though. 
Yeah, that's what I was trying to see who was they going who they going to trade out. They said it was going to have to be at least like mm, three or four people, which I was like, oh, that's well, a lot. Melo get bought, bought out, but they ain't about to buy fifty four million dollars. Yeah. <laughs> I, I can't see it. I don't see that. They just gave Hardaway Jr. seventy one million. NBA contracts make you make, make not coming. The contracts they be signing just make you make that ugly face. Mm-hmm. Like he got what seventy one million for four years. Chris Bosh gonna get some stupid pay out mm-hmm. for not doing nothing just but he put in work no he did no no I'm not I taking away what he's done I'm not taking away what he's done I'm just like you don't have to do nothing else you still gonna be collecting well, no. checks still collecting checks cause he, he, he got waived I know so no no getting... you don't you just be the I just wanna be the 13th man on the bench I'm just be <laughs> water boy I mean they, they probably getting paid in water, water boys get paid $53,000 in the NFL hey I know right let y'all know I know what I did wanna ask you about mm-hmm. uh, do you watch stuff like you know Real Housewives of Atlanta and mm-hmm. uh, and there's a reason I'm asking yeah, yeah, yeah. though. She looks like a reality TV. Um, so let me say this: when they, like when reality TV first started, I watched it a lot. Right. Um, and then I've kind of pulled back from it recently just because it's like this is not. Um, yeah, there are other ways I can find to entertain myself. Um, no, but I did pick up start watching it more so from because I had a couple clients who have approached me on wanting me to come on board with with their reality TV shows here in Houston. So I started watching them more so from a legal perspective, just to see some of the things that were going on, to kind of generate just some ideas for myself on how we can protect and um, protect from certain things happening. And if they do pop off, how do we protect the TV show and the other people on the show from certain altercations or interactions or things like that? And the reason I ask, do you feel like the black women are being depicted in a bad light on these reality TV shows? Very much so. Very much so. Um, Actually, a friend and I um, are trying to work on a podcast ourselves or something just because we feel like there's not good representation of just women in media, um, black women in media. Um, And it's disheartening when you hear a younger generation say, oh, I just want to be famous just right. to be famous um, and not say oh I aspire to be a lawyer or a doctor or some type of you know actual profession they just want to be, just be out here um, so that's a word frustrating for people to see you know women fighting all the time and things like that I feel exactly. like we already have a lot against us and then for that to be perpetuated on media and I feel like when you and not to get into any type of off subject type of stuff but I feel like when you feed your when you feed that into your soul and into your energy all, all the time, eventually that's going to come out in your into your reality. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so just seeing some of the crazy things going on, um, just just in, on the day to day, I feel like that's somewhat as a, a result of of the reality TV show. So I think it's interesting that Mona supposedly has a new clause in the contracts with the uh, Love and Hip Hop cast that if they do fight. I think the first time they're fined, the second time they're fined and suspended from a couple of shows, and then the third time they're removed from the show completely. Oh, so they're not gonna fight anymore? That's what they're saying. It's supposed to be a new until the ratings start dropping. Then they gonna take that clause out. Like on the Bad Girls Club contract, you signed pretty much saying like whatever they tell you to do, you have to do it. So I was thinking that they making the girls fight. I don't know. I think what pretty much saying you sign away all your whatever you believe in, pretty much you sign away. <laughs> like whatever we tell you to do on the script, you gotta do it. Right. And like that's why a lot of those girls go and they have a whole different character from what you will know them from. I just don't think there's enough shows, whatever, depicting 
the black woman a positive light like right. you and you know right. some of your friends and the people right. you associate with and there we're doing more uplifting of like black china and all the stuff right. she's doing and all the fighting and bitch 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 and they right. slapping each other every scene and i know my daughter she likes to white they make me cringe like uh, yeah like, you yeah. know what i mean because i don't want her to think this is what it's supposed to right, be exactly or, or all the famous black women are fighters and calling right. each other bitch every other right. scene and all that and right. there's not enough on tv with the positive black women put us in a positive putting the black women in a positive light because there's a lot of positive black women doing a lot of good things but we don't get to see it because it's not quote unquote entertaining right right you know, it's not making big money and stuff like that so i think that's a shame but I guess it's business, so. I mean, my yeah. like I was saying, we were thinking about doing the podcast. Initially, we thought about doing a reality TV show. And for us, we felt like we have enough drama with our clients for you to be entertained with, yeah. <laughs> with, that, yeah. with those shenanigans. Because sometimes I'm just like, what is wrong? Like, people really sometimes come to me with some of the craziest things. And I'm just like, so you really thought that this was okay? Or, like, <laughs> what in your mind made you sign this contract? Like, who drafted this contract? Like, so it's all types of crazy things. So we have enough drama with dealing with our clients and not having to deal with each other. So we were thinking of that being the drama and the flip side of that. You see a sisterhood of girls, you know, being in different stages of their life, but we all get get along and we all support each other and you know encourage each other, encourage each other to get to the next level in life. Um, but it, for us, we were just like the same thoughts of okay, is this really worth it? Because we're going to have an uphill battle in getting. Um, TV shows or networks to buy into it and right, right. all the other stuff that comes along with it. So I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe you, with you saying that I do that kind of sparked the light back up to see that I people would want to actually see that. I like that. But then I like the idea of the podcast too because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you, you have wealth of information that people mm-hmm. need to know about yeah, and people like yeah. listening to, to podcasts. So I think I think y'all should. I yeah. Think, I think we'll do something for idea. sure. We'll do something for sure. Yeah. Heck yeah. So this is what I tell people, you can make a contract, whatever you want it to make it. The thing is the other person has to be receptive. To what it is that you're selling them so if you're saying i want to sell this contract to you you and you then the pushback is going to be well that's going to limit my ability to sell the song now right. so if you um if you sell it to them in a way that they that they buy it there's nothing stopping you from doing that it's just how are you going to position that that the artist agrees to to that now maybe you say okay i'll lease it to you exclusively for a year and if you don't do anything with it, then I can also lead it to someone else. Um, so it's just a matter of just positioning it in the right light that it's lucrative and fair to both parties in, in some way. Oh. So I, one thing I want to just mention is that one thing that I'm really keen on, especially with technology and social media today, is that I don't think that artists have to go the traditional route with going with the record label to be successful. Um, so one thing that I've kind of toyed with 
I started out with thinking about it as for profit, then I've thought about making it non profit, then I'm trying to make it for profit. But it's just teaming with, well, I have a business called Etcetera Entertainment. And teaming with other influencers in the business, whether that's a PR person, someone who's good at marketing, me as the attorney, I'm a manager, and also I'm a finance, a finance, financial advisor, so that the artist maintains control of their music. And we're simply like a consulting and sounding board. So where you would have that type of support from a record label, but that record label at the end controls that music and controls your vision and where it is that you're going, that's not what this would be. You would stay in control of that, um, stay in control of that, and we would simply be your consult, your consultants, um, but still get the services that you need so that you're protected on all fronts and that your music is pushing forward um, and progressing and you're building cl- uh, fans and things like that. How receptive do you guys think um, artists would be to that type of service? I think it, it the fact that. It almost sounds like you're working with them and they're not working for you. Right. It's, it's a, right. It's no, a that's exactly what it is. Right. I mean? We're there to, if, if anything, we're there to work for them. Right. And it's not the other way around. I think that they will be receptive, especially how you brought it to them. Like, if I feel like this is a partnership or we, you know, you're trying to help me, because sometimes you go to labels, they're going to do what's best for the label, not right. for you. So right. Exactly. I think people will rather, and then, if you're talking to a smaller group of people, if it's you and another client, you know, your people that you have with you other than going to a label, which, you know, right. what's going on there, right. you know, right, you just, right, I right. feel like you don't, you know, you just, you're not always comfortable in a position, especially if you go from nothing or something, you know, mm-hmm. you know, the things that are going on, but I think they will be real receptive to that. I concur with him. He took everything I was going to say, so yeah, I'm with him. Okay, okay. I, mean, I think that's a very good idea. There's some. I, was, I started the business a couple of years ago, and then I kind of got away from it. And some people have been coming back to me saying, "Hey, you know what happened to this?" I think you so saw. I'm just playing with the idea of getting it back up and running and pushing it forward. So that's why I wanted to know you guys' opinion on that. And it's one of those things that there's. I always think about the market. There's no one out there that's doing that. So you know, anytime you have a fresh market, that someone's going to do an idea like that, you know, in the beginning it might not be. I don't say not receptive, but I just think of people just like, okay, what is this? Right, right, right. That's true. <laughs> you know, you that's go through there like we went through this for a while for a podcast. Like now, people still a lot of times like, what is a podcast? I know. Like, you to, <laughs> yeah. And once you explain it to them, and then they listen, that's like, oh, okay, I think that's cool. Yeah. You know, yeah. so I think you kind of get that same thing. You know, once you sit them down and let them know what's going to, you know, what's going to be done, then I think it'll be, I think that'd be a good business. So yeah. Okay, cool, beans. Thank well, you. Thank you. You're just full of all kind of wonderful ideas. <laughs> what, what, what else you got? Um, <laughs> the only other thing, well, one of the other big things on my horizon right now is kind of how I mentioned to you earlier the idea. I love how Atlanta has really grown. Yeah. With regards to the entertainment industry, from music to film to mm-hmm. television, I just think, especially for the black community, like I think. It's just amazing. Like, I don't even look at it as the black community. It's great that it is a niche for that. But just period, their production and their entertainment industry um, lead out there is really great. I feel like Houston has more than enough landscape and definitely the talent here to have that same boom here. But the thing with Atlanta is that their legislature got behind a lot of business incentives and tax incentives for production and music and TV and films to go on down there. 
so I am trying to have that same push here and the thing is I made a Facebook post one day like it's no reason why Houston can't you know do the same thing and somebody comments like well why don't you take that lead like hmm I hadn't thought about that <laughs> but um <laughs> So now I've actually, because I really do wholeheartedly believe in that. So that's another project that I'm trying to push and connect with some um, representatives in in the state of Texas, but primarily Houston, to get that generated and going here. Because I definitely, I definitely see it. um, And I do not, I'm not going to accept any excuse as to why they can't be, um, why they can't be Houston. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I have like seminars or webinars or anything like that. I, I put on like I mentioned I put on one a couple years ago um, but I am planning I've talked with working with a couple other people to put on another definitely um, by fall at the latest um, and to get those going on a more consistent basis so I'll be sure to let you guys know so you can let the listeners know and they can come out and learn a little bit and grow as business owners and not just music artists right right cool and there it is and there it is. <laughs> we appreciate you coming through of for the course. interview. Um, give course. me a shout shout out to your social media outlets and um, I'm gonna shout out my lovely ladies of Ace Law Group. If you have any legal needs, visit us at aceacelaw.com. Also, if you're looking to start a business, um, we have a subsidiary called Startup in Texas, where it's um, like a legal Zoom where you go online and plug in your information to start a business. But we take the initiative and call you and do a consultation to make sure that what you think you want as a business structure is actually what you need for your short-term and long-term goals. So that's Startup in Texas. Um, You can follow me, find me and follow me on Facebook at Kyra, K-Y-R-A, Coffee, C-O-F-F-E-Y. And on Instagram, I am Coffee, C-O-F-F-E-Y, double underscore. Somebody had my my tagline but but coffee double underscore time oh and then you know of course like ace law group ace law on instagram and all that good stuff yep yep yeah so that's me man let me run these affiliates now. <laughs> <laughs> um slaughterhouse radio every friday from 5 30 to 6 30 um man I, you know I, y'all always forget about crystal stone shout out to crystal stone yeah shout, shout out to crystal stone crystal stone the um the Stone Truth podcast that she does. You can find that on iTunes, the Ian Gleason Show, Put You On Game podcast, our brothers in Dallas, um, Renata Soul, the Renata Soul Show, every Saturday, I mean, every Sunday at 6 o'clock on khamradio.com, Supernatural Barbershop, Samurai Ice down there in Shreveport, Louisiana at the Farmer's Market from 8 to 12 every Saturday. And I know I'm going to always forget somebody. So once again, if I forget, my bad, we catch you next show. Shout out to Mike and Tim. Oh, yeah, yeah, they go. Let me forget. (laughs) And our official photographer, Iced Up Photography. Um, Tim, the artist, if you need any um, graphics and all that kind of stuff. Tim, the artist, you can find him on Facebook. Iced Up Photography, you can find him on Facebook and Instagram. Other than that, from myself, Superstar P. The boy Chef, OG PC. And Kyra Coffee. (laughs) It's the takeover. We out of here. We out.